The Bible Study Podcast, episode 354. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on with Psalm 6 today, and then I suspect we may also go on to Psalm 10. We're going to jump back and get a couple of the Psalms in between, but one of the reasons I wanted to pull both of these together is that they have a similar tone and theme. We're not going to look at every psalm, as I said, but I do want to pull out some of the different types of psalms. I want to look at some of the praise psalms. I want to look at some of the laments. And this is one of those psalms that is filled with emotion, and it's filled with emotion. It is a psalm of David, and it was written in obviously a very difficult time, and it goes like this. From the director of music with stringed instruments, according to Sheminith, a psalm of David. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony, my soul in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fall because of all my foes. Away from you all who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping, the Lord has heard my cry for mercy, the Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish, they will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. As we said, this is a song that is filled with emotion, and if we look at it, there's a couple clues what's going on, and we know that it's for stringed instruments. But that doesn't tell us when it happened to David or what's going on or what he's talking about. And he only gives some hints in here. So we can at best guess, but we can tell a couple things. We know that he is asking God not to rebuke him. And so this is after he has done something that he feels is worthy of rebuke. Do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. God is not happy with David right now. And so one of the reasons why David is shedding tears on his couch is because he knows that he has broken that relationship between he and God. Something that he has done has broken that. This might be what happened with he and Bathsheba. We don't really know what, but he's looking for mercy. And remember again that grace and mercy are sort of two sides of one coin. Grace is when we get that good thing that we don't deserve from God. And mercy is when we don't get that bad thing that we do deserve. When we don't get the punishment that we deserve for what we did. As I talk to the boys at Juvenile Hall about the differences between the two, I say that when you stand before the judge, assuming you did the crime you are charged with, you're hoping for mercy. And this is what David asks at this point from God. Have mercy on me, God, for I am faint. Heal me, for my bones are in agony. How long, Lord, how long? So something about this process feels long to David. David feels like he has been on the outs with God. David feels like he has been in this agony for a long time. And he calls out to God and says, how long? 
This isn't one of those how longs that we often find in the Psalms. How long will the evil prosper? How long will whatever? This is how long until we are restored? How long until you turn your face back to me? And so the agony that David is feeling here appears to be self-inflicted. And we get words like agony and anguish and weeping and drenching his couch with tears. And I don't want to imply that just the strength of the emotion alone is the indication of his repentance or turning around, but certainly this is at least something that David is taking very, very seriously, something that David is feeling. And he takes all this feeling and puts it into this song. And then it's interesting, as he goes on in verse 4, he says, Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me. And again, like we talked about in weeks past, don't save me because I deserve it, but save me because of your unfailing love. And then he makes this argument with God, which I think is a great argument. He says, Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? And I think what he's saying at this point is, If you kill me, or if I die... How can I then praise you? Wouldn't it be better, this is his argument, if you restored me so that I can still praise you? If you kept me alive so I could still praise you? Wouldn't it be better if you forgave me? Wouldn't it be better if you had mercy? But he feels worn out from all of this groaning, worn out from all of this praying. Remember, if this is the incident with he and Bathsheba, and the prophet Nathan came to David and said, you are the one who has done wrong, and the child that you and Bathsheba had will die. And David prays and prays and prays for days until the child dies. And at that point, people are afraid to tell him because of what he might do, because he was in such agony and such anguish. At that point, he washes his face, he puts on clean clothes, and he has something to eat. And they're saying, how can you react that way to this news? And what he says is, while the child lived, there was still hope. While the child lived, he was hoping that God would change his mind. In this place, he is praying and praying and praying until he is worn out because he is hoping that God will have mercy. It might be the same incident. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench, and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow that fail because of all my foes. Now that's the indication that this may be a different time because there were really no foes involved in that particular incident. But then, again, as so many of the Psalms do, because he, David has been praying for so long, because David has been putting his hope in the unfailing love of God, the Psalm changes, and it changes in verse 8. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. David sees through his prayers. David sees through his prayers to a time when God will answer him, to a time when God will have mercy because of who God is, not because of who David is. I guess we're not going on to Psalm 10 today. Let's talk about this in a little more detail then. One of the gifts that David has is his faith in God. Because he knows the character of God, he knows God's unfailing love, He knows that God will deliver on his promises. So David has been praying and praying and praying, 
But he finally gets to the point where he says, I know because I've asked it and because of who you are that you will be merciful. I know because you are a merciful God. I know that you will listen because you do love me. This is a useful thing for us to remember. This is a prayer that is like the child who has disobeyed his parent, who is a loving and good parent, who goes to that parent asking for mercy, asking for forgiveness, and has confidence that the parent will forgive him because of that love. That is the relationship that David has with God. At this point, he sends out the warning almost to all his enemies that you should know that I've been praying and that God accepts my prayer. You should know that I've been crying out and that God hears my cries. You should know that I have been weeping. You should know that I have been struggling, but that God honors those tears and that struggle and will be merciful. You should know that that is who God is. And all of you who opposed me then should be on warning then that you will be put to shame, that it will be your turn to be put to shame. I pray for you this week. If you find yourselves in a situation where that relationship between you and God has been damaged by your actions, that you can find yourself in a place as David did, where you come clean to God, where you ask him honestly to restore that relationship with tears if need be, with continued prayer if need be, but that you come back to a God who loves you and wants to be merciful and wants to restore you. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.